Welcome to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Mike Shortino, a principal digital strategist for federal civilian government at Salesforce. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me, Jason. Let me set just a little bit of context for our discussion. Trust and transparency are really at the heart of uh, agencies' digital transformation strategies. It's part of how agencies use data. It's part of how they secure their systems. And it's, it's part of how they serve their mission area and serve citizens. And given the pace of change across the federal landscape over the last few years, agencies must take advantage of this rare opportunity to transform their services to both internal and external customers. They must do that differently. They must do it better. And they must do it in a way that engenders both trust and transparency. And agencies seem to be making some progress. The January 2023 report to the, from the American Customer Service Index found federal government services surged in 2022 up 4.6% to 66.3 on their 100-point scale. ACSI found among those drivers of satisfaction, two of the four increased substantially between 21 and 22. Those were efficiency and ease of government processes and the ease of, the ease of accessing clarity and the clarity of information. Other two drivers of satisfaction, they actually decrease only slightly, the courtesy and professionalism of customer service and the perceptions of government website quality. So how can agencies improve customer experience through digital transformation? Well, that's where Mike, you come in, you're gonna tell us about how they do that. So let's just start at that beginning, digital transformation, we know why it's important, but really what's really the driving some of those factors today for government? Yeah, well, I mean, I think even the, the definition of digital transformation with someone with a digital strategist as his title, a principal digital strategist, um, you know, certainly the meaning of, of the word digital, word digital transformation or the term digital transformation has changed uh, over the, the several years that I've been working at Salesforce. Um, you know, when I first came here, we were really focused on uh, what I would call modernization out of the federal government. And so if you can think back to data center uh, consolidation, cloud first, really, you know, led to a lot of lifting and shifting of existing systems. Um, you know, it didn't really change the outcome or the experience for the constituents or the customers um, in play. There's also been, you know, I'd say uh, several waves of kind of magic in a bottle type thinking. And so people talk about robotic process automation or just automation in general. Um, these are just tools that they need to be guided by intent and, and uh, adopted um, by end users to, to actually matter at the end of the day. Um, you know, we've also had unfunded mandates. Um, so a shift to, to agile, DevOps, shared services, category management, general consolidation. Um, these also don't, don't equal transformation. And so I'm heartened by the, the, the focus on the actual experience, connecting service silos across the government uh, is a shift. Um, when I first came to Salesforce, we were preaching that experience mattered. And, and I think that the federal government in policy statute and action is really caught up to that. Um, you know, but I think to complicate matters really depends where you sit in the government, what part of the mission you're accomplishing um, to, to orient yourself on that change and making sure that we're changing to, to a positive end. And so um, understanding uh, what's in statute um, is a key difference between the public sector and the private sector. Um, you know, on the, on the private side, we can think about um, boundless opportunities and jobs to be done. And on the public side, uh, a lot of times we have to wait for policy or statute to catch up with uh, the need. 
Um, and then I also would say that, um, you know, we've seen more uh, mission change growth, the, the rate of change appears to be going up. Um, and so this recognition that um, certain things are changing faster, certain things aren't, right? So understanding what part of the mission is being challenged and, and um, focusing uh, in, in that area can, can really help as well. Um, so uh, hopefully I answered your question there. <laughs> There's a couple of pieces I want to just take a half a step back on. Sure. I've heard recently from uh, some CIOs and others, uh, federal technology executives in, in government and in industry, that we're almost in that next set of cloud, right? The first set of cloud was, what is cloud? How does cloud work? Data center consolidation and cloud first, you know, cloud lifting and shifting. And now, you know, the second, the second, if you will, level was cloud smart. Okay, really what goes in the cloud? What makes sense? Now we're entering that third phase of cloud. And I think this is where you're getting to where customers are driving the cloud you, without getting too into the cloud <laughs> for lack of a better word is that is that really what's what's the difference today than it was three five ten years ago yeah i mean i think there's an aspect of leveraging uh the masses there that's inherent in in scalable cloud what we would call software as a service especially based solutions but even with platform tools um, the more folks that are using it, the more feedback we get as an organization, the better we can make those tools for our end users. And so um, recognizing that and, and, and adopting out-of-the-box principles where they make sense for the organization has been a big shift. It's been a shift that we've been, um, I would humbly say, a part of, of leading in the government, which is thinking about, um, you know, similar to how we used to think about costs versus custom build within the government, thinking about those pre-developed capabilities that are really fed by those masses and by the consumers across multiple different organizations that we serve and benefiting from that. And so a lot of what we do is um, connect to those capabilities, but also the patterns of success that, that agencies have achieved by leveraging those capabilities or just by leveraging any capability, right? And so thinking about that kind of what we call a platform mindset of you know leverage first, then code or create second as a as as a as a way to really speed time to value for your constituents. I think there's also that acceptance of that commercial products, the the idea of software as a service. That, hey, we don't need to do our own thing. And then the the lack of being able to get people to do the work too. I mean, when it was all COBOL and and you know mainframes, that's one thing. But but as as things moved into the cloud, as things moved to uh, this idea of, well, I don't really can't hire enough people, just like. Salesforce probably struggles to hire enough people who have coding backgrounds. It's, it's a big challenge for the, the entire organization. The other side of the coin, of course, is what the customers expect. And there's a, you know, a lot of that's being driven by what's happening in the private sector. How much do you think the government is feeling that push? We, we know probably a lot, but but how much of that push is the other reason why we were digital transformation looks different today than it did, again, three, five, seven years ago? Yeah, no, I think that it's something that, you know, I used to to work at an analyst firm and, and we talked about it as, hey, you know, the, the expectations for all services are changing and they're being shaped by um, the bar that's set in our personal lives. And so at that point, it was really thinking about how we're bringing in our expectation for use of a mobile device um, in our personal life to how we're using it in our professional life. But I think that that same wave of expectation change has hit the the, the government 
Um, it was reflected, I think, indirectly in, in the reduction in trust that, that now, thankfully, we're, we're seeing gains again in that, in that um, perception of trust in the government, and you know, which directly translates to the effectiveness of the programs that the government undertakes. But you know, understanding that, um, that that wave of expectation changes, just like all waves, it's going to continue with more and more waves of expectations change. In fact, we do a yearly survey called the State of the Connected Customer. And you guys have to check me on that, make sure I didn't screw that up. But there's, um, it's core research for Salesforce, because we do look at not only that set of expectations across demographics, right, different age groups, different countries, um, but there's some consistency there in terms of changing expectations. And, and I think that the government is starting to respond to that effectively. This, the, the, the survey you talk about, and I think we see a lot of, of very similar uh, surveys about the state of connected customers or the state of customers. Is, is there any trends you'd point to in the federal world that has really would you about the way customers are expecting federal agencies to act or the way federal agencies, vice versa, are asking customers, what do you need from us? What, what are some of those big trends you're seeing? Well, I mean, and certainly one of those big generational shifts is is, a, is, a, is the perception or the need for self-service or the preference for self-service, right? And so, um, you know, I, I don't want to label myself generationally, but, I, but I'm kind of in this bridge generation between the folks that were used to um, picking up the phone and, and calling someone or, or going physically to, um, you know, a, a brick and mortar kind of facility to get their service met. So think of the, the local post office as a perfect example. Um, you know, that organization um, needs to service their traditional customers, which is, you know, the folks that want to walk in off the street or in their local neighborhood and get service. And they also have to now increasingly support on the next generation who wants to really go online and and have that kind of um, capability that they would get from from other package or or, or uh, you know messaging providers, right? And so understanding that um, when you send uh, a package or a, a letter, that that that's going to get to its intended destination, and that you might have more visibility on that process than you did in the past. And so, self service, um, you know, your pizza tracker type functionality, these types of things are moving from the profession personal into into professional into the government um increasingly the use of bots which is not you know a panacea by any means but but the expectation that hey if you know i, I don't want to wait online uh um you know on the actual phone line this time or maybe even you know at a website for a, a for a chat response from an actual person you know maybe that chat bot can fill in and especially where we've seen big spikes in demand um, through the the pandemic or even before with real ID rollouts at our um, state and local customers, you know, cause big spikes in demand for information from constituents to say, hey, listen, do I have to update my license or passport or, um, you know, I missed a trip, now I need to make a change. All of those types of event-based spikes in demand is something that, you know, uh, I think government organizations are getting more know, able to deal with and platforms like Salesforce uh, play a big role in that. What are you still seeing as maybe those biggest challenges to getting toward or getting better digital transformation or what's standing in the way of digital transformation? Uh, I imagine data, of course, but but you, I'm sure there's more than that. Well, you know, I'm a big believer in, in uh, you know, I think it was Drucker that said that uh, uh, 
culture eats strategy for lunch. I hope yep. I got that one. You right. got that right. Yep. Yep. Um, but I'm also a big believer in the fact that culture is built on success, right? The culture exists because it's a set of behaviors that that worked in the past for us. And so the only way to change that culture is to is to show that there's a better way or at least as good a way um, doing it a different uh, way. And so the government, you know, often is challenged with its culture. But, you know, I think we need to honor that culture and see how we can leverage that culture for advantage. And so that's a consistent headwind. But I think your more enlightened leaders are starting to uh, turn that into a tailwind, right? And so, you know, looking to take that head on, recognizing that there's going to be, in some cases, resistance to change, but that's based on natural inclination of human beings. And we have to kind of plan for that upfront. So, you know, here I am, the tech guy talking about the people aspects of change, but I think that that is a consistent headwind for sure. Um, the other aspect that I might have alluded to earlier is that some things are just set in statute, right? And so like the bounds of what we can and can't do are, are sometimes defined by that statute or, or law uh, or policy. And so, you know, thinking outside of the box, having a beginner's mindset is really important, but ultimately recognizing that there are going to be constraints and that we have to understand what we can and can't do and what we can and can't change as a result, um, you know, is, is, is really important. I'd also say that just the nature of how government funds um, on, a, on an almost yearly basis, for the most part, really can help um, can help can hurt um, transformation efforts because you know often you want to to take this very incremental, um, lean, agile approach. Is what some people would label it as. Well, that works really well in the in the private sector where you've got the commitment of board of directors or or shareholders on a certain direction and we can fund uh, a lot of times on a multi-year basis transformation initiatives that's much more difficult in the federal government and so just any one example of the fuel for transformation is often those dollars to to fund the the butts and seats you'll excuse the expression that you know that aspect of this is really difficult because it can often take on a staccato nature and, and be very hard to kind of connect this year to next year to the year after. Um, also, the way that the government acquires technology is can be a challenge as well, because you know, we often want to protect the taxpayer by having a firm fixed scope to the work that we're doing, but you can't always predict where you're going to go. Um, and so understanding that that lean, agile, incremental approach is going to need some adjustments in, in terms of how we're funding and acquiring technology, especially. Um, and then also just thinking about how we're building that long-term change step-by-step. Step. I would say those three things together are um, our headwinds, but but I think the more enlightened um, leaders are kind of turning those into tailwinds as they go. You brought up culture, you brought up acquisition, you brought up funding, all the hard things in government. Uh, you didn't even bring up technology once, which just shows you how far we've actually come. Yeah. Mike, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. How do you get every department to work together to drive business growth? And how do you integrate your teams and technologies, delivering connected mobile-first experiences built around the needs of your employees, customers, and partners? With the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, now you have a single platform to create smarter, more personalized, frictionless experiences that blur the lines between marketing, commerce, sales, and service. Salesforce, we bring companies and customers together. Learn more at salesforce.com government. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation and Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Mike Shortino, a principal digital strategist for federal civilian government at Salesforce. Mike, we talked uh, in the last segment about really what digital transformation is, why it's been changing, how the customers drive in a lot of it. And a lot of those are some of those trends that you kind of mentioned. Let's dig deeper into them. What are let's let's just ask you, what are some of the trends that is driving these digital transformation imperatives? Well, I would say that, you know, uh, after years of what probably felt like a lot of stagnation um, to to both folks working in the government or and folks being served by the government, um, we've seen a lot of change over the last several years. So, you know, I would say that and, and there's a recognition that um, this is not a single wave, as we talked about with the changing perceptions. Um, we can expect there to be, you know, the next crisis or the next imperative for change from the next administration. And so the idea that change is, is now a constant, um, that we can move from a, a, a crisis um, like a supply chain crisis to a response like, you know, applying industrial policy uh, to the implications, which are new grant programs, incentives and reporting requirements. Um, and, and that that cycle of of mission growth or change is something that we should really be planning for. But again, being able to kind of um, focus where the change is and not where it's not and, 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 and not needed to be addressed. So that's probably trend number one, um, which is a bit of an omnitrend. Let me, let me let me just jump in real quick on that trend number yeah. one, because I think it's important to highlight because of the agility that platforms, whether again, Salesforce or whoever you're using gives you, you're able, agencies are able to adjust to that trend, that trend, that, that crisis much differently. As we saw during the pandemic, where they had a supply chain problem and they didn't know where the data was and they didn't understand those different systems. And, and, and I think that's probably the big lesson learned as well is that the agility matters. Correct. Yeah, I know it. Uh, there's and there's layers of of our architecture and our organization where we can predict where that change is going to be more acute, right? And so, like where you touch your constituents, um, I think we're finding is uh, and and those expectations are changing, like we talked about. Well, that's a natural layer of change within your organization that you need to be kind of attuned to. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say trust. That we talked about the you know improvements in service delivery resulting in, in increased trust, but that imperative for um, you know thinking about trust as um, a bit of a buffer to mission execution, and that the last few years have exposed gaps um, in performance, and that's eroded trust. But but really, we need to earn it back, and so by systematically investing in the experience layer, um, we can really impact that trust over time. Um, the other big trend that we've seen is the need to collaborate, right? And so as we've um, challenged the mission as it stands, we've run into areas where we have multiple um, federal partners that are needed to go after big systematic problems. Um, and sometimes those aren't just federal partners, sometimes those are state and local partners, and sometimes those are, are private sector partners. And so this new kind of collaborative extended model of, of mission execution is something that I think we're seeing increasingly uh, prevalent, especially with science-based organizations, um, you know, that have to accomplish big things like, you know, say, um, you know, creating the next big breakthrough or getting uh, human beings on new planets. Those types of things require a lot of collaboration um, across agency, you know, even internationally. Um, and then the last trend I'd say that's kind of universal is this increasing um, 
use of or, or opportunity to leverage the technologies that we have. And so I haven't spent a lot of time talking about the technology, but you know, we hear a lot about ChatGPT. We hear a lot about automation. We mentioned RPA earlier. You know, these are great opportunities, great tools that can be leveraged by the government. The government's doing a better job of getting those in the hands of, of, of mission owners. However, we still need to think about those people. We often are presented with opportunities for improvement of processes and the tools by themselves aren't a panacea. Definitely want to come back around to the technology and the tools, but let me pop back to trust. It's one thing when I was doing research before our discussion today, trust transparency popped up a lot as, as some of the key themes. Uh, we know trust in government matters. We know transparency from government matters. Has, does that change as the, the customer experience also kind of gets, gets wedged in there that, well, to create that better customer experience, I've got to be more transparent and more trustworthy in some way. And that may just be more perception than reality, meaning I was always trustworthy, but now it matters even more that I show you how I'm trustworthy. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the idea of transparency and controlled transparency, right? Because there's, you know, um, the line between being transparent and open and being, um, you know, uh, I think risky and uh, insecure and in, in how we're uh, viewing someone's data, for example, is 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 pretty, pretty fine. And so um, we need to weigh those two things um, off of each other. And so like transparency is important. Um, but but so is trust in the use of data and and how it's being leveraged, right? And so I think that um, as it relates to someone's service experience and their knowledge of their personal service experience, then transparency is like a great idea and it can build trust. Um, at the same time, you know, there is um, risk that could be associated with with too much transparency or transparency where um, we we haven't been given the right to to extend it. And so, you know, I think that nuanced view of of how we view data and, and in terms of the experience and how that being really protective and, and a little bit risk averse in one way can help build trust at the same time, extending transparency in other areas can also help build trust. And so that's really challenged um, internal to most agencies, their view of, of how they're viewing their information. And um, a perfect example is um, we often have classified materials. Sometimes folks are asking for them either through processes like FOIA or there's an event and we need to get information out to the folks impacted by that event. And the agencies are being really challenged to, in some cases, declassify that data at the, at the speed of the news cycle or, or events to get it in the hands of the folks that, that matter and, and, and who can be helped by it. And so, um, you know, I think we're, Growing recognition that trust matters, data and how we view it is part of that trust and transparency is part of it. But we really do need to be, you know, back to collaboration, um, very nuanced in our view and also like understanding the impact that extending um, transparency can have on our mission partners, for example. I'm glad you brought up the data piece because I think data transparency, trust from the data, the, how data can drive that trust as well is, is all really important. And that actually gets us into the technology discussion. So it's a perfect segue because if you can add automation, you can add robotics process automation and other tools, you can also free up agencies and, and personnel to help establish that trust because then they can focus on what's more important. Uh, from a technology perspective, you've talked a little bit about software as a service and you've talked, we, we, we hit upon automation, RPA a little bit. 
what's the biggest, what's the latest trend you're seeing around what agencies want from technology? Again, uh, they want it all and they want it to work and they want to make it easy, but, but are, are you seeing a more move toward what these days? Yeah, no. So I would say that that this recognition that omnichannel is kind of table stakes, that we need to meet our customers where they are increasingly. And that can mean on a mobile device, on a desktop, um, or in person, right? And so this this idea that there are, you know, ideally we have a single front door, so to speak, for most of what we're trying to engage with the public around, but they might have their own preferred type of door, right? And so um, making sure that you are providing those different channels um, and that you're connecting your systems and your engagement layer so that you can personalize that journey for customers becomes, you know, a really important enabling capability um, that strategic platforms like Salesforce are, are, are uniquely positioned to provide uh, to government agencies. Um, the other part of this is that, that I want to highlight is um, okay, the the why behind automation from a from someone who's de actually deploying the mission or supporting the mission, and and what's universal when I talk to folks is that that the the uh, positive viewpoint on on automation and what it can mean as someone who's executing the mission is that they can focus on the part of their job that really matters, and and, and so you know I like to think about this as mission over minutia, right? And so like um, if I'm helping someone. I want to focus on that person and I want to focus on the core part of my job. Um, and I don't want to focus on the minutiae of manual processes and swivel chair. Um, and so I think that I'm an optimist at heart and, and thinking about using AI um, and automation as really a, 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 a force multiplier for the human element, I think is, is really where uh, we need to be going as 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 a country, frankly. Michael, we got about a minute or so left, and and I just want to kind of bring us back around to the beginning. We started off talking about digital transformation. I talked a little bit about customer experience. What's the big takeaway from our conversation today? What do you hope uh, both listeners, government, and industry take away from what where digital transformation is heading, and what agencies really should kind of keep in mind as they continue down this journey? I would say, you know, let's take a beginner's mindset, but let's honor the the past and and what's got us here. And so I think um, we we wave the flag of change, um, but but I also think that um, leveraging investments, leveraging um, what works, um, is really important. And um, thinking about being collaborative, not just in how we're executing, but how we're thinking about planning and aligning around change. Um, is is really important as well because I think we've got um, the the problems left on the table that we're not already solving effectively are those big complex hairy ones that are going to take time incremental approach patience um, to solve and so we've got to all kind of work together to get there and so a uh, bit of a kumbaya message but uh, but I think um, you know, it's it's easy to think about the tools and and what our lanes, but but often you got to look to your right and look to your left and make sure that you're heading in the right direction and that you're bringing everybody along with you. 
And it sounds like to me, all the low hanging fruit has been picked. We got to reach higher up into the tree to get some of those harder to reach areas and, and start, start working on those. And Mike, uh, I'm sure we can talk longer, but unfortunately we are out of time for today. So let me thank my guest. Mike Shortino is the principal digital strategist for federal civilian government at Salesforce. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation.